Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Coaches Corner University podcast. I am your host, Paul Oneid, and today I have the pleasure of being joined by a new friend of mine, Jared Hamilton. Jared is the owner of Hamilton Trained, and he is best known, I guess I could say, for coaching from the inside out. So I'm wondering if we could start, Jared, the fuck does that mean? <laughs> what's, what's up brother um simply simply put i know that like also sounds airy fairy as fuck um you know what i mean but a little bit like that but but that's that's the thing and and i'm like my biggest thing is i'm like the tactics guy i always hate like the airy fairy stuff that's not practical or strategic for struggles or whatever the case is but this is where I take a very different approach to coaching and transformation and as a whole, where most people, they always have something deeper going on under the surface with whatever the problem is. But then I think that goes an even layer deeper. So what I mean by that is like, let's say if someone's not getting to where they want to be, everyone's thinking, okay, well, how's your hormones? How are your, uh, how's your like metabolism? And how's all of that stuff, which I think is great. It's yeah. very important. But then there's a layer, I think, deeper than that, that goes psychological versus physiological. I think everyone gets a little too caught up in the physio side and not enough in the psychological side, because um, at least the, the community that we serve, I could snap my fingers and give them all the physiological stuff. We could, if I said, cool, your metabolism is perfect. Your hormones are great. Your gut microbiome, incredible. Your training plan, awesome. Your mechanics, beautiful but most people would still be struggling because yeah. of their inner demon, so to speak. What I mean by that specifically is like specifically their relationship with food, their relationship with themselves, their actions when triggered emotionally, their subconscious sabotaging behaviors, these specific things, their old identities that influence their subconscious behaviors, all of these things. That's what I mean by dieting from the inside out or getting results from the inside out is we have to do that fundamental work first. Otherwise, or at least in the process. Otherwise, nothing on the surface will make it long-term. Well, I, I really love that you framed it like that because I think what most people forget is we're not coaching a textbook, right? Mm. We're not coaching a research paper. We're coaching a person. And people want to talk about the HPTA axis or the gut, gut liver axis or the gut brain axis or this hormone system or that hormone system. And they forget that the human body is an integrated system of systems governed by this squishy, spongy looking thing that sits in our fat heads. <laughs> and unless that thing is on board with what we're trying to do, it doesn't matter what supplements you take, what elimination diet you follow. It's always going to come like you can you can get by for a little bit. But when we talk about, you know, I, I noticed on your website, you had a point about sustainability. It's like, I'm not going to do something now that I couldn't do in 10 years. And that really like that hit it home for me with what I do as well. It's like, if I can't get my brain on board, I might be able to follow that low carb, low fat, like 10, 10 calories a day diet to a point. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. then the emotions come hold and then you binge and then so on and so on and so on. So I love that you started it like that. And that's a very thoughtful perspective to have. And obviously my follow-up question as it is on any coaching podcast, how did you get to that point? Cause that's not something that we're taught in school. That's not something that we're taught in a certification. 
No, not at all. Um, I felt so it's interesting. Every stage of my professional professional career I fell into on an accident. And I am on paper the last person you would think would be in the role that I am in and teach me what I teach. Like literally not like a few short years ago, like I thought therapy was only for like suicidal quacks. Then lo and behold, I found myself in therapy and like, oh, wow, there's a whole nother world here. Therapy is the best. (laughs) Dude, therapy is dope as fuck. Um, Actually, I just finished working with my past therapist um, and- and then now uh, I'm getting ready to start with it. hopefully a, a new therapist very soon. Uh, I think everyone needs to go have a level of therapy at some point in their life. Um, I, th- I actually, this could be a whole nother rabbit hole. I think yeah. if you have any level of ambition, there's something there always. I think if you like have any level of like, I want to build a big business. I want to become crazy successful. To be honest, most of the, the friends of mine who are coaches are coaches because of a struggle they had. And they, they're like, I'm just just trying to be the version that I needed back then. And it's like, there's probably some shit to unpack there. You know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> but I, let's go down that rabbit hole after you say. Hi. Okay, okay. <laughs> so long story short, I, I got to hear because like teaching this stuff um, on a complete accident, because uh, it was by nature of me accidentally watching what happened with our clients because for years. So I didn't even think I was, didn't ever think I was going to be an online coach. I didn't, I had no aspirations of doing what I do now. I thought I was going to be a physical therapist. Um, and then I found out I didn't want to be a physical therapist, found out I love personal training. I built a, a personal training company, um, thought I was going to be that trainer till the day I died, like just like a, this exclusive trainer that always, that always had clients like that guy. And then I was doing like 200 sessions a month, soloing it in my hometown. And I'm like, fuck this shit. Uh, <laughs> because at the end of the day, this wasn't practical or sustainable long-term. Yeah. And then I transitioned online. Then one thing led to another. Then I scaled my business online. Then I found myself in this little, if you want to call it a niche, because it was still an accident because for the longest time, I I was just teaching sustainable fat loss. That was it. How to work out a couple of days a week, eat your favorite foods and enjoy being a mom looking good naked. Boom. Fat loss. Like it's, it's even easier than, than like coaching, like, like instead of like high level bodybuilding or powerlifting and the crazy, more sciencey stuff, having an average soccer mom lose 30 pounds while eating her favorite food isn't that hard to coach, right? Isn't, or isn't quite as um, tedious as prepping a bodybuilder or like a high level NBA player or something like that. But the thing is, as over the course of time, I've always been into personal development. Like you see this, like all these books behind me, I've been into personal development and how the brain works, human psychology for a long time. I have no professional degrees or in, in that stuff by any means, but it's always fascinated me. And so I've always studied that stuff, like how neurotransmitters work and how the brain works and the subconscious patterns and all that stuff. Um, but then, so we'll just put that over here, but then I'm coaching people. So then I'm teaching in the world of sustainable weight loss and just, and just transformation and stuff like that. Well, <clears throat> then it got to the point during all of that. Um, I was doing a lot of work on myself. I started going to therapy. I, um, I started diving into my own headspace stuff. I started addressing my own inner darkness for my, for me, my big two inner pieces of what I would label as inner darkness were, um, high, high levels of anxiety was the big one, but then also, um, this relentless feeling of unworthiness and that I never wanted to unpack it. Um, I'm just like, Oh, I can make that feeling go away when I work really hard. So instead of Yeah, hundred percent. And like, that goes back to my childhood with my dad and like all this stuff, but instead of like emotional eating, it was emotional productivity and emotional, uh, working, if you want to call it that. So Mm. that's how I suppressed my shit for the longest time and always had, had a higher level of anxiety, perfect shit storm for building a company, perfect shit storm for all this stuff. Um, which it still isn't sustainable. So I, years ago I found out that's the trajectory I was on, went to therapy, 
um, did some, did some more, a ton of inner work and around that. And I got on the other side of it or as much as like, you know, we're never on the other side fully, but, um, got through that. And then I'm like, Oh shit, this stuff applies everywhere. And then I noticed a pattern because I think one of the best skills a coach can have is pattern recognition for anyone, but especially clients. So I started to feel very heavy around the coaching business. Um, by this time, mind you, I, I scaled my business. I've been making money, helping a lot of people, but I'm like, Hmm, this just doesn't feel like it used to. I was just starting to feel heavy about it. I was questioning if I want to do this the long haul. So a mentor of mine years ago put it in my head that when we have uncertainty and lack of clarity, we need to get quiet. And so go get quiet. And I'm like, that's what he would tell me to do. So uh, I live in Indiana and there's no shortages of farms out in the middle of nowhere. So I got an Airbnb by myself in the, on, the, on a farm in the middle of nowhere out here. And I had a weekend to myself. So now actually this part of my actual routine is I have a almost a quarterly Jared sabbatical where I go by myself for about a weekend and let my brain just breathe and like have a lot of quiet time so I can do a lot of introspection and things like that. And in that weekend, I had a lot of uh, several epiphanies that I was thinking about all this stuff. And one of the biggest things that I found was that um, even though, yeah, people would come into our ecosystem client wise and we would do the sustainable weight loss stuff, like cool, they come in, fix them, get them good and send them on their way. But then I noticed a pattern. I go, wait, ooh, all right, Mrs. Jones binge, Mrs. Jones binge eats, fuck. All right, I got to fix her binge eating. Then I can get her on the path for sustainable weight loss. Boom. Because we know if she's binge eating every other day, she's not going to lose weight long-term. Right. So then next client would come in doing great. Ah, uh, shit. Tom is sabotaging subconsciously because he has a fucked up identity from his childhood. All right. I got to unpack that, fix his identity. Now we can send him on his way. And now he's doing great and he's not sabotaging anymore. Next one doing great. Ah, our relationship with food is terrible. She feels like she can't control herself. Okay, fuck. I got to fix her relationship with food, fix that real quick, then send her on her way. And I'm like, huh, this is interesting. And notice the pattern that this is not the abnormal. This is the, this is the every fucking client has the norm. Yeah, for sure. It is, it is the norm. Um, But then a layer deeper, this is the stuff that I was doing to fix their shit. It was nothing I learned in school, nothing I learned in, um, fitness, weight loss, diet courses, like nutritional periodization, none of that. It was shit I learned back here. It was stuff I learned about um, neuro about neuroscience. It's the stuff that I learned about subconscious patterns from um, from James Clear or stuff from like these other um, different people in the personal development and headspace, mindset space around how the actual subconscious layers of this stuff works. Mm-hmm. So I started like building this together. I'm like, so I didn't talk about this on social at all. Like in my, in my stuff, I just, my content was normal, sustainable fat loss. And then I'm like, ah, shit, I got to do this underground work in their brain, then then keep going. Well, then I'm like, oh, okay, this is what I'm one passionate about. This is what my favorite thing to teach on is, and I can make it work in the coaching business. So in that moment, I overhauled everything. I overhauled my podcast. I overhauled our coaching program. I overhauled everything. So now we have a systematic approach that works every single time with this stuff. Um, and now I talk about it now it's, it's in my marketing, it's in our, or my conversations. So, um, and then that's what led to that. So now from a tactical and systematic side, it's, it's, it's proven it's flawless versus just going, Oh, just be more mindful, whatever the fuck that means. Um, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So yeah, that's how I got to like this spot, if you will. The, okay. So there's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to unpack. <laughs> the first, the first piece for me that jumped out was your own personal development. And that's something that I firmly believe that we all should be participating in is once we stop learning, we stop growing. And once we stop growing, our business is doomed. 
Yep. So we need to continuously be pursuing some level of personal excellence in all of our endeavors. And this is my personal belief. And I've had coaches disagree with me on that, but that's one of the reasons why I still train because I want to look the part, act the part, feel the part. That's why I wake up and have my morning routine geared towards my sanity and my mental health. That's why I do cardio every day. That's why I do the things that I do in my relationship to nurture that because I know all of these things are important to me, my well-being and my personal development and will only serve my business. Mm -hmm. Similar to you, my approach, and I would say, honestly, to a large degree, my my personality has changed a lot through therapy. Mm -hmm. People, People who knew me probably let's say circa 2018, 2019, Paul O'Neill was a very rigid, militant person, like very authoritative. This is the way we're going to do things. If you don't like it, get the fuck out the door. Mm. Paul O'Neill now, empathetic, stoic, unemotional, takes, I shouldn't say unemotional. I think stoic is a better word because I do feel yeah. that. But, emotionally uh, intelligent. Emotionally, not emotionally reactive. Yeah. And is it very much a problem solver? And I credit that change to going to therapy and working on myself. You know, there have been, it's unfortunate for me that it took a very dark time in my life to get me there. But I feel like, and I'm going to generalize here. I feel like as men, we kind of need that dark time to be the kick in the ass to say, hey, figure your shit out. Yeah. There's very few of us who are like, I think I want to get better. I'm going to go to therapy. Life's great. Let's go to therapy. Yeah. <laughs> so ironically though, mine was kind of that. Like I, 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 did, I maybe, I don't know, since we're talking about it for me, I didn't have this quite rock bottom of, or let me put this, put this way. I was not aware I was at a rock bottom to do it for me. Things were actually going very well. Um, my marriage was great. My business was great. Everything was, was all fine and dandy, but I viewed it through the lens of, cause I was still really skeptical about therapy, but I knew from the moment I was at moving forward, life was only going to get crazier. I was only going to get more stressful. I was only going to get more responsibilities as it became more successful. So I wanted to make sure as a box checker, my mental faculties and stress management was okay. And it wasn't. So for me, it was almost like a checkup is the way that I talked myself into going to therapy was Good. not like, Oh, I've got this issue. It was you know, I see a lot of clients who they think what they're doing is dope. They think keto is 1200 calories and crossfitting 18 days a week and not sleeping and getting rid of sugar is a great way to lose weight. And it's going to fuck them over, over the next five years. What if I, the way that I'm handling my mental health is not the best, but I think it is. Let's just do a little checkup. And so I just, my wife was already in therapy working through some stuff. So I, I just went to her therapist because, you know, if your partner's in therapy, they, they're going to know about you, obviously. So I go, yeah. this lady already knows half about, about me. I might as well go to her and just start sharing some stuff and be like, hey, I just want to check to make sure she had me bawling in my first session. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's one of the and, and, and then I was in th- with that therapist for the next like three years. So, yeah, it took me having like multiple panic attacks a day, not sleeping and losing 12 pounds in five days to go to therapy. Wow. It was good. It was a real good one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> honestly, again, forever grateful for that experience and where it's led sure. me. 
So that's that was the first thing I think I, I really am grateful that you were able to speak on because a lot of people don't speak on the fact that you know therapy is is a valuable tool. But the next piece I would say is you're a parallel thinker, and that's something that I really appreciate in other people, and it's something that I see as very common in highly successful people is their ability to draw conclusions on their own we'll call it their own industry or their own sphere from other industries. An example I would give is, uh, you know, I went to the Swiss symposium last week and on the way there, I listened to two, three hour podcasts about the Israel Hamas thing. I have no opinions over it. I think death of innocent people is a tragedy, regardless of what side of the fence you're on. But what I took away from that is the entire thing is a failure of communication compounded over and over and over by violence so if i can somehow glean any knowledge about communication during conflict from this grandiose tragedy i think i I listened to both sides i listened to a palestinian focused one and i listened to a israeli focused one and i was like okay like there's a lot to take away here from the yeah and then i very rarely will read on the topic of strength and conditioning power lifting performance nutrition and not because i don't think i can learn more but because i can impact my clients more through learning those other things a thousand percent i i, I would agree with that completely i think it's interesting interesting you bring that up i think um at every level in life communication is is literally it um mm-hmm. like on in every industry if you think of like sales sales is just a high high level of communication if you think um, like marriage relationships, it's high levels of communication. If you think um, like with my team, I have to have high, high levels of communication to make sure things are functioning properly. Um, even like getting this podcast scheduled, it was there was a level of communication that was <laughs> going on. I would even argue meditation is a level of oh, internal yeah. communication. So like it, it, it because you're you're right like yeah what's going to serve your people the most you you getting one percent smarter because you're already so brilliant or you getting 20 percent better at communicating the knowledge you currently have you know hey guys i'm just going to point out he called me brilliant i didn't (laughs) said it so there it is podcast (laughs) over let's pack it up that's right brilliant let's go home uh no i i I appreciate that and and that, that resonates with me a lot i think i think you and i you know think very clearly on those topics. And I I want to take a look at, so you mentioned you overhauled the business. Like you went through, you went to therapy, you realized like there's a lot of stuff I'm missing out on and that perhaps I'm, I'm not, not that you're doing your clients a disservice, but you're not serving them to the highest level based on the new information that you have. What's been the evolution of your business and of you as a coach through that whole process? Cause I know your role now is not what your role was a few years ago. Sure. Well, it, well, here's my thing. And this is something I learned on it early in a different business um, that I used to be a part of where just because something works doesn't mean it's a good idea. It only works if it's scalable to your entire team. So this is why systematically I had to overhaul it where it wasn't just duplicatable for me to do. It had to be duplicatable for my team to do at a high level because I don't want to have a, a, key, a key man problem where like, well, I can coach people great. But my team, it's like, ah, fuck. You know what I mean? Mm. I actually, to be honest, because of Instagram, everyone wants me to coach them. Um, but now I actually, people are like, well, I'm sure your team is great, but how, how do I coach with you? I'll literally tell the other way around. I go, you're going to get a co- better client experience with my team because they wear one hat, coach. 
I wear 17 hats in this business. You're going to have a better experience with my, with my team. And uh, that's just the way that I, I'll just call a spade a spade, um, which is why I don't really take on, I don't really even advertise me taking on clients. I, I, I bring them into our ecosystem and they go to my coaches so they can get served at the highest level. Now to answer the, your question though, like what kind of changes did I make? Um, the first change was how do I make this systematically duplicatable? Because it doesn't, it's not, it's not a good idea if someone just can have a cool, a couple of good transformations. You should consistently be having duplicatable success, like a carbon copy machine of holy shit, how is this this consistent? And it's in my opinion from a systematic side. Like I talked to a lot of other uh, people um, who have a similar model coaching business to mine, like well, like with um, other coaches under them and all the things like this. Whereas every client, one thing I want is to have everyone have the same client experience. Like, yeah, because of the way humans work is some people might have a, a specialty over another, but otherwise, approach-wise, everyone's going to have the same client experience no matter which one of my staff you're working with. Because this way, it's a common denominator. It's um, I can have the peace of mind knowing that any any coach can take any client. And if someone can't, then they probably wouldn't be a good fit for any one of my coaching staff. They're probably not even the right demographic for us. But so the changes that I made, I knew had to be to, to meet several levels, but one of which it had to be duplicatable at a large scale because I view business and weight loss very similarly. Um, one of the biggest detriments I had in business is I would, because I wasn't big yet or because I didn't wasn't at scale, I would do dumb things because I could afford it time-wise. I would, you know, I would, so then I built this base of unsustainable shit, then I couldn't scale it. And I'm like, ah, fuck. You know what I mean? Like whether it be the way I did check-ins or money or anything like that. Okay. I'm going to interrupt you, your thought process, because holy shit, I see that all the time. (laughs) It's terrible. I like, I do, I do a lot of business mentorship with young coaches who are either usually in that, like, you know, five to 10 client range. Yeah. You can get away with a lot. So if you're taking yeah. 35, 40 minutes to do a check-in with a client every week, you can get away with that when you have five or 10 clients. Yeah. If I dump 20 clients in your lap tomorrow, mm-hmm. could you serve those people to the highest level without wanting right. to pull your brains out? Right. And the answer is no, because you don't have the systems to manage the communication. You don't have the systems to support that individual. So if we're going to make a change, it has to be one that works whether you have five clients or whether you have, let's say, 75 clients. Yeah. And that, like, if that's not the case, don't do it. Yeah, agreed. There's an adage that we teach clients is if you can't do it for 10 years, we don't do it for 10 days. You know, people do stupid shit like, oh, I vacation in a couple of weeks. I'm going to just cut my carbs real low or, or do extra, extra cardio. I'm like, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. Like, you're not a bodybuilder. You're not like, we're not prepping you for a stage. Like, that's not what we do. Um, if you cannot do it for 10 years, do not touch it for 10 days. Um, otherwise, that's why people say, I think people say in cycles so many times. Um, but I see that, but again, it's the same thing in business. Like, oh, well, I've only got like five clients, so I can do this. Well, that's the problem because then you're going to take on five clients and get shitty habits. Then you're going to get five more clients and shitty habits. Then you're going to be another one of the coaches who has a roster of 50 clients who literally can't sleep at night and have panic and are having panic attacks ready to burn their business to the ground. And when you want to burn your business to the ground, uh, you can't serve people. So you doing what is easy now is actually really fucking selfish. So because long-term, you're going to trash your company. You're also going to trash yourself. 100%. 100%. Like, 
<laughs> one of the one of the things that I I kind of come back to with myself is like, you know, as a power lifter, I destroyed my body, and now as a coach, I teach others not to. Mm. As an individual, I've also had two clinical burnouts, so I know exactly how to avoid those clinical burnouts. Right. Let me save you. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I completely agree. Um, see, so so for me the. The biggest change that I made was, was, um, is, and I and get clients expectations on point with this, like with the way that I kind of read the program, um, on a higher level overall, I basically changed my, my messaging. So it was less about like the million different ways you can create a calorie deficit. And it's more like, yo, if you're binge eating, here's how we stop that. So I was, I started talking about different levels of problems, um, instead of, Hey, I'm eating right, but I don't know why I'm not losing weight. And don't get me wrong. I still will make surface more surface level content, but like case in point. Um, I did a, po a post the other day, a reel the other day, went viral. It was one of my most, my least edited, least special posts. I literally turned my camera on and I actually, I even have this recorded. I went, I took a big deep breath and I went, what do people need to hear right now? And I opened my mouth and just spoke. That was it. No, no, anything. And the whole message was carbs, aren't your problem. Calories, aren't your problem. Uh, well, all the stuff that I mentioned earlier, like, yeah. oh, I could give you all this stuff. But you'd still struggle, wouldn't you? You'd still sabotage, wouldn't you? You'd still have a shitty relationship with food, wouldn't you? You'd still gain all your weight during the holidays that's about to come up, wouldn't you? That so that's the thing is we have to go deeper to fix this stuff. And that was the post. Ironically, I that post went off. I did not expect it to go off. I had people literally signing up for coaching right now from just that post. Like zero in like two days. Like, how do where do I sign up with you? Like crazy shit. But which that's not like the norm. Like, I don't want to base like my whole business model on like, no, 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 no. This is flex on people be like yeah that's how i do it all the time yeah that's, that's right yeah that's <laughs> posting they should they come no no no. but but like that's the thing is i got really clear on my messaging which get, one mm. number one attracts the exact person from a, when i when it does come time to have a sales call um because i don't want to like imagine if i put out content around like rapid fat loss lose 30 pounds in 30 days and then i'm like whoa we got to fix your inner game <laughs> yeah so so the first thing i big change i made was i i brought the stuff that i never talked about into my messaging and storytelling and content. Mm. So now this way, like, again, you, like, even you said it, you, like we, you and I just met, but like, you're like, so you're this inside out guy. Like what, let's talk about it. It's because of my messaging is yeah. what, what happened. So that's what I want to do from a, uh, from a, we'll call it top of funnel from like when people enter my ecosystem, they know exactly the kind of person, the kind of content, who I, who I am, what I stand for. Because now, because especially in the world of, of content and social media and business, I don't give a fuck about like, just having a bunch of numbers like followers, I want engaged in the right kind of follower. I would rather have yes. a thousand of the right people versus a million of the wrong people. It's yes. why I don't care. It's why I don't care about like content going viral is because viral in our business model, if Mr. Beast needs to go viral, he's paid on views and likes. My business model is paid on the right kind of people, seeing the value and what the problems I solve and them signing up for coaching or no. my services or products. So like, like case in point, I had a, I had a funny video hit 1.6 million views on TikTok. Nothing in my life changed. Nothing. I had one point, I had almost 2 million people see my shit and they went, oh, that's cool. And they kept scrolling. It's because it was a, it was a surface level, funny piece of content, which right. is fine. But that's why I like from a business perspective, I'm trying to talk to my exact person. There's actually, from a business perspective, <clears throat> this is a recent thing I, I did. For the longest time, my content hasn't been doing as well. It hasn't perform been performing as well. So I made the decision and I'm like, and I, because let's say a year ago, every video of mine was doing 20 to 50,000 views effortlessly. It was crushing. Now 
I may be lucky to get a thousand. Like if I don't know why, but for some reason, whether it be my content's not as good, the algorithm, who knows, it's just not performing as well. So I'm always refining, like, what can I do better? How can I engage more? How can I make this better? Of course, yes. But at the same time, the other frame of mine is this. I had a tendency to go, what do I need to do to get the these numbers up? Not my 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 focus has changed. Versus now I go, I go, I'm accepting the fact that only 500 people are going to see this video. I'm I'm fully embracing and accepting that. I'm not going to fight it anymore. But I want every one of those 500 people to be my person who goes, this is it. This is the guy I've been trying to find. Yes. So that's what I speak to. <clears throat> I don't, so I assume only 500 people are going to see my, my content. Because see, I have a tendency. I used to have a tendency to get in my head and get all butthurt about content not performing. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's only 100 views. Bro, I would get in front of a room in front of 100 people right now and be hyped about it. So why am I getting butthurt about like, oh, you 100 views, only 500 views. So I'm like, bro, I would. Like so one of the most nervous times I've had, it was me speaking, like uh, I spoke in front of, on a, on a stage in front of 750 people last year, because I'm trying to do more, I'm getting more in the public speaking sector. And I loved it. It was one of the most invigorating feelings ever. Yeah. It was my biggest speaking event in person, 750. That's a big fucking room. Yeah. I was like, whole, but then, then I turn around and post a piece of content. I'm like, oh, only a thousand people saw it. What the fuck? What's wrong with me? You know what I mean? I forget, so. I forget who I was speaking to. And it might've actually been when you and I spoke last week uh, where someone did a live event that was collaborated between two people and they were disappointed that they only had a hundred people attend. Hmm. And the, the response from the collaborator was, when was the last time you sat in front of 150 people and they listened? Yeah. It was like, okay. Yeah. And one thing that I try to help others with, with their content generation is you mentioned four key elements there, the language and the messaging being consistent with your brand, mm. because that brand is consistent with the individual that you're trying to focus on. So it doesn't matter what this algorithm picks up because the, even if it's 50 people, if you get those 50 people to raise their hand, you're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And then the other two elements were you were very accurate in identifying the problems that you're trying to address. You know so intimately your ideal client that you know how they think, how they feel, how their how their life is failing them at that moment. And you are identifying yourself to them in a very relatable way that you can solve their problems through your service. People need to hear that. It's not about followers. The, the more I, the more time I spend in this business space, like I have less than 9,000 followers. My business does better than many, 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 many people with 100,000 followers or more. Yeah. Because I know that that, 8,500 or whatever people want what I'm selling. Yeah. Dude, if I could clean out, like I've got a relatively okay size following. Like I've got a quarter million followers on TikTok, um, a little over 60K on Instagram, just like those two, for example. Yep. If I could clean, if I could clean that out like an email list, I would do it in a heartbeat. Literally, like I would, if I could clean out the disengaged people, the people who are just like, never would ever buy my shit and it would drop my, the number at the top that makes everyone feel so good. Yeah, I would do it in a heart. I would literally do it in a heartbeat. Like we, because we don't like you know with email lists and stuff. We do that all the time. Like oh, this person hasn't responded. Like you do your do your like roll or your 
your whatever the spreadsheet stuff. And then you go, Oh, these, this 10% hasn't engaged in the last whatever. And we like delete them off the list because it's affecting things. I would do that on my socials in a heartbeat. And I've got a big social, like, you know what I mean? But a lot of people, like, I know, I know some people who are like buying followers and I'm like, bro, like what it is, is people like to see that number. And they're like, Oh, this, it's actually not what they want to see. It's an insecurity that what everyone else is seeing. You know what I mean? I know a lot of people who will look at a a page and they're, they're, they're more worried about what their friends think about their 10 likes on their post or their thousand followers than their clients. Your clients don't give a fuck. I have, I have friends who have like five, less than 5,000 followers on Instagram who make $70,000 a month consistently the right way. Like I know these people intimately and they make, they have like 1500 people on an email list, 5,000 people on Instagram, thousand people in a Facebook group, like very conservative numbers. And they're pulling like 70 K a month consistently. Like, so but because it's not just the number, it's the right people that make up those numbers. And it's the biggest difference in the world. Yeah. I think, I think that's a very, very, very good message. And all of that plays into your brand, your brand vision has to be consistent across all of that. Because yeah. if you, again, if you started posting about best ways to lose weight in 10 days, you would be betraying your audience. Yeah. Or they'd be waiting for like the punchline, like cut your arm off or whatever. Like, they'd be, you know what I mean? But right, right, right. But no, you're, you're absolutely right. It would confuse my marketing. It would confuse my messaging. And it would be a betrayal to people that go, oh, I thought that's the shit he was. He didn't stand for. So yeah, exactly. Like this is all, this is all incredibly insightful. And it always, you know, the whole idea of a self-made individual, I don't necessarily believe in because none of us got here on our own. What have been some of the, you know, big influences on you, whether it be on the coaching mentality side of things, on the business side of things, who are some people that have had a really big impact on you? People specifically. So there's, um, so one of the, my, one of my little cheat codes that I've had in business, um, don't get me wrong. I still feel like I'm behind as fuck. Like, I don't think I'll ever not feel like, you know, um, like I just turned thir- turned 32 like last week and I'm like, why am I not a billionaire yet? You know what I mean? Like, but, but like, wow. but that's not fair. It's not logical. Like I realize all, it's like the client who's like, why haven't I lost more weight? I'm like, because you're not supposed to yet. You know, this is why like I I've, I'll get, I'll answer your question, but while we're talking about it, yeah, one please. thing that has had, I've had a recent, this has been a recent thing and my ego hates it as I've become more self-aware, as I've been able to get more introspective and zoom out and have like, do this, you know, the the inner work that we're talking about. I had a reality check probably not long, like within three months ago, I Mm -hmm. had this, I don't know what hit it. Um, There's some new and really weird inner work stuff I've been doing that we could totally talk about too, if you want. That's just weird as fuck, but it's been having a pretty drastic influence on my introspection. And one of which is I've always struggled with I should be so much further ahead. When I got into, not this business, but when I got into like business in general, when I was like in my early twenties, I'm like, I'm going to be a millionaire before I'm 30. Like I want to, like, that was like what arbitrary as fuck doesn't matter. Not a million, like, but then it's like, well, is it a million gross is a million profit? I'm like, I don't, I, my ego wants to make a million dollars or whatever it is. You know what yeah. I mean? So, um, so at, literally like when I turned 30, I was depressed as fuck because I'm like, oh, I didn't do it. Mm. Like, I want to say like that year I made like, still made like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands, right? Like I still like, actually, no, that year I, my business grew 240% and I was making several hundred thousand. 
and like my staff is buying houses, like that yeah. kind of shit. Like we're talking big impact, but because I was in my head, I went, oh, what's wrong with me? Mm. Right. And I'm like, what is, why am I like this? What the fuck? So again, more shit to unpack. But one thing that, that really was a hit to my ego when I would really get in my head about like, I'm not where I want to be. I should be further ahead is um, it was a blessing. I wasn't because I couldn't have handled it. And I'm like, I don't know why, but that's just like, wow, like, right. Like wasn't even ready for it. But then it's like this more intelligent self was just like, cause you would have fucked it up. Cause you're not ready. You weren't ready for it. You were, oh, yeah. you would have, you were immature. And if you didn't have, if you had that, you would have been stupid. You would have blown it. You couldn't have handled it. And zooming further out. If I had the success I have now and the responsibilities that come with that, that success, because you can't, you have, they both go together. They're traveling partners. I couldn't have handled it when I was 25, when I was 28. I, I literally wouldn't, couldn't have, couldn't have handled it. The, the, the normal stressors I handle on the day to day, not to like beat my chest, but the normal stressors I have would have debilitated old oh, yeah. Jared. You know what I mean? So it's like with every new level comes a new devil and it's part of the new, it's just part of growth. And I know the things that are like my nine out of 10 in five years is going to be like chump, chump change. You're like, fuck what are you a bitch? Why couldn't you handle that? You know? <laughs> so it, it took a lot of introspective on that. And my ego still hates it. Like when I'm like, oh, I should, should be further ahead. It's like, but should you, could you handle that? I don't think you could, you know what I mean? So it's like, well, fuck. Yeah. Maybe I should just be, maybe I should just be where my feet are. So. Well, in the same, if we continue to draw parallels between business and fat loss, you know, when it happens slower, it's more sustainable and you can adjust to it on the fly. And I also believe when it's a bit slower, it continues to be aligned with you. And so, you know, I'm on my, if we look at this, I think I'm on my third or fourth career and I'm, I'll be 36 in two days. Uh, you know, that'll be couple a couple weeks after this is or before this is uh posted but if i had the level of success i had now same as you when i was even two years ago i wouldn't have known what to do mm-hmm. and because it's happened so slowly it's been so clear in my mind that trajectory yeah i know like i used to have feelings of i'm not further ahead but as you mentioned like i'm right where i need to be because it's it's in line with where I want to go. Yeah, totally. It's one of the things that really changed this for me as well. And it ties to your original question of like, who have been some of the people that have um, influenced this? There's a gentleman that um, his content just changed my entire life. And then crazy synchronicities happening. And now we're friends. Um, And like, it's stupid. Um, This dude's a hero of mine. And uh, his name's Kyle Cease. He's um he's a big author kind of guy, like a New York Times bestselling author, transformation kind of guy. Um, um, and um, and so basically he uh the concept of chasing is is what's the problem. And I realized for me in business, I was just chasing, 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 chasing all the stuff. Mm. But like if you think about it, think of the energy of chasing. Yeah. Think of the think of uh think of the like the emotional, like if you want to get into like quantum physics, think of like the vibration and the the energy of chasing. It's it repels. If I'm chasing a girl trying to get laid tonight, I haven't had pussy, so I want to get laid tonight. My chances of getting laid are not going to happen because the the mm-hmm. energy of chasing, forcing things that to happen that shouldn't happen right now actually repels them. Right? We've all been in sales scenarios where you can just smell that guy's like 
low on his commissions that month. And you're just like, bro, I don't want to buy from you. But then the guy who's like, I don't give a fuck if you buy. It's like even like some of the greatest salespeople, like Alex Ramosi says, the person who can walk away from the sale who doesn't need it has all the leverage. And I can tell you during in the past, during like harder months in the business. And I'm like, fuck, I have to get this close. I have to, whatever. Those are the hardest ones to do versus when I go, I don't give a fuck if you sign up. I've got leads out the ass. I've got sales calls out the ass. I literally don't even care. They're begging and dripping for to, to buy. They, don't even, they didn't even have to schedule a call. So for me, a lot of what's impacted me the most as kind of airy-fairy as it sounds is my energetic state and emotional state during business is one of the biggest ones that I have to really watch and control. So ironically, um, so ironically with this stuff, um, Kyle Cease has been one of the biggest influencing like how I think and emotionally feel around stuff because then that affects what I attract and my actions and what people feel when they interact with me. So it's no wonder also when that piece of content went off, it was the one I felt most aligned with. I said, what do people need? And all I mm -hmm. thought about was talking to my person and it crushed versus my post. It's like, all right, how do I get this to go off? What's my best hook? All right, I have to have this. I have to have this because I'm trying to get it to go viral. Of course that one's not going to do well. Like it, like mm -hmm. how can it check all the boxes? It's edited. It's, it's got no fluff. It's like 30 seconds. It's got the hook. It tells a story. Why didn't it crush? It's because, I was not, this may sound crazy, but it's because my energetic state while in it was in lack and chasing. So it's no wonder that one didn't do well in the not polished two minute video that cut off that violated all the rules crushed and then had people begging for coaching, you know? So like that, those are the kind of things that really influence a lot of this. Otherwise, like Kyle Cease was a big one. Um, Ed Milet was a big one. Dr. Joe Dispenza was a big one. Um, and then I have like, those are like the people that like, I read their books that like don't actually, I don't know them. Kyle though, I had some cool shit happen where Kyle, like basically he came on my podcast and we became friends and like now like it's, a, he's like invited me to do his event, had lunch with him. Like I'm talking about some like crazy shit happened. Very cool. Like, bro, like that's a whole wild story, but um, like he wanted my content on his YouTube now, like crazy shit. Um, but then um, I have hired one of my cheat codes for coaching when I was or building businesses, I've always had a mentor. When I transitioned from in-person to online, I hired a mentor while I was broke and couldn't afford it. Like I was paying this, but like my, at the time, my, my rent was $400 a month. I know the crazy sounding, I know it's cheap as fuck, but Indiana. like where I was saying, right, Indiana, it was $400 a month. I was paying this guy $700 a month. And I'm like, Oh fuck. But I execute like a motherfucker because I was scared and I cry and it crushed. And then when I wanted to scale big boy time, I hired a mentor. So like for me, I've always had some semblance of someone in my pocket in a support system that's has a proven track record and I've just done what they said. So. Hear that everybody? Another <laughs> podcast done. No, I, I totally agree. Like I know for me, when I, you know, I had a, I had a successful coaching business, you know, doing what I was doing and I decided I wanted to scale and I wanted to get into mentorship. So I hired somebody who ran a mentorship to teach me how to run a mentorship. Why waste time making mistakes on my own when I can just learn yeah. someone who's already done it and is where I want to be. And now, you know, dude's a good friend of mine. We share ideas. We've had multiple yep. calls just as friends. Unfortunately, he doesn't live where I live. Otherwise, meet up more. Um, <clears throat> but that's also someone who you could potentially collaborate with in the future. And it's you learn about you know, the people that work with them. So you're automatically input into a community and network of people who are like-minded and, and driven just like yep. you. 
that shit fires me up. That was probably the biggest sure. thing I took away from being at the Swiss Symposium was just how many people are doing great shit. And I wanted to be one of those people doing great shit. Yeah. Dude, I'm telling you, there's so many levels to that. Like number one, just like the, it's just the inspiration alone. Literally like one of the things for me was I would see people get recognized, like whoever's running the thing, like, Oh yeah, this is my client that's doing this or Hey, this is whatever. Like whether it be a presenter who's had so much amazing success, they're teaching that now, or like whoever runs the event and like, Oh, here's my, our clients that are crushing. I, I then had a sense of lack and I'm like, I want to be that. Mm-hmm. And I never had that desire. And then guess what? Now I've been on that stage. Like I've been that top level client that produced, or now I've been had such success in that. Like I had the event in um, that I spoke at uh, earlier this year in or last year in Phoenix. No, this year in Phoenix, I literally did a talk on how your identity is making your business fail. Literally, because I was because I had success with that. Then I got invited to speak about it. Right. So it's these kind of things. Um, but then at the same time, I have had some of the best connections and game changing things happen going to these events. I have, I've met like the one, like the one person who had the connection that I needed or the one person that had the software company that like I use now that makes things seamless. Like there are so many crazy shit that happens when you just put yourself in the room, but not just put yourself in the room and put your blinders on and be like, I hope someone comes talks to me. Like I see introduce yourself. Yeah, Yeah. Put yourself out there. Know what you're looking for and being open. Like, Hey, there's a gold mine here somewhere. I've just got to find it, you know? So. Where does your, okay, I have a feeling I know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Where does this drive come from? Where does this drive towards success come from? And how do you even define success? Oh boy, Uh, that's a hard one. So where's the drive come from? I kind of know, but I don't. Um, For me, like, it makes me want to unpack this more with like the right therapist about like, if we like dove crazy, I've always, I've always felt like since I was little, I was destined for something ridiculous. Like from a young, young age, like I've had people in my life, like maybe this is exactly why, like I'm nothing special, but I've had a few people tell me when I was like six, like, Hey, something magical is going to happen to you or you're supposed to change the world or there's something special about you. I'm like, okay. Like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, but then within that certain things always came naturally to me, like, like whether it be, I can like, for like, there's one superpower I've always had since I was a little kid. Uh, mind you, I'm an, I'm an awkward homeschool kid that never went to public school and I didn't know how to talk to people. So like, mind you, like communication wasn't like a thing, like even, right. even now it's still, it's a work in progress, but, but, um, but I've always had this gift of being able to connect with people regardless of what my mouth says like regardless of stupid shit i say i've always had this thing of i can yeah i can make a best friend in two seconds i can get people to open up and tell me things they've never told anyone else and i can and people just naturally trust me and connect with me the nice thing is i use those powers for good not evil because <laughs> with like spider-man yeah. with great power comes great responsibility but um that's always been there since I was literally a child. I remember like having specific things happen. And then as I got older, it was like one thing to another, to another, to another, to another. So I've always had like that thing. Um, but otherwise I, I don't, I don't know exactly where it all comes from. I just know there's something in here. That's like, you're supposed to do some really dope shit. Um, so, and then, then you tie that to a child growing up in childhood. Um, I started working with my dad in construction at like, 13 or 14, he owned his construction company and 
he apologizes for it now, but he, but without knowing any better, um, he worked me and my brothers like 30 year old men. So I learned my work ethic from like, I would go get other jobs and, and they're like, oh, you know, you can take a break. Right. And I'm like, no, it's fine. Like, like, cause I can work like nobody's business. I can, I'm really good at suffering. Um, and, and so I learned that when I was like 13 is like, we just shut emotions down and we just fucking work because it doesn't matter the job needs done like that that was what was put into my brain when i was 13 14 years old so you combine those two things like this sense of like i'm supposed to do something big like i've like i've I've been chosen i feel like almost in a weird kind of way mix that with childhood shit around like no we shut emotions down and work that's a powerful combo that you want to talk about two clydesdales that's that's a powerful powerful combo it can Um, serve you it can serve you for sure and it can also it can also be your to your detriment and yeah i i'm not surprised at your answer but coming back to what you said before of this like genuine feeling of inadequacy i almost feel like for myself that resonated because there was definitely that it's like if, if i achieve more i'm good i'll be good enough and then you keep achieving and you're still not good enough And obviously through therapy, you kind of realize that that's bullshit. And it wasn't until I gave that up and started realizing that my true drive was not to prove that I was enough, but my true drive was to make sure that I was adding value for others. Mm. And as soon as I realized that and I dove into it and I started pouring into others, that was the catalyst for my business growth. Mm. And I feel like your, your journey somewhat mimics that in terms of, you know, you knew you were destined for something great. You didn't necessarily know what it was, but you just started doing the things that you were good at. But as you, as you handled your own shit, as you said, everything on the other end got better. Mm-hmm. So I, I love, I love that kind of, kind of almost a serendipitous story. Right. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So let's, let's talk a little bit about mentorship because you brought it up. How do you take on more of a mentorship role within your business? Having how many coaches do you have under you? Currently six, six. So six people who are supporting their own families based on the business that you run and you have obviously taken on a mentorship role with them. How has that transition for you been and how do you fill that role? Um, it's, I mean, I love it. Um, it. It's a lot more being honest. It's a it's knowing what I know now. It's so much more pressure than um, what it was before. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I see people like who, let's say don't have a team. They're just like with their clients. They're like, oh my gosh, I got to make sure my clients are taken care of. I go, yeah, they're paying you. It's your responsibility. But now imagine you have people that like your ability to to grow and sustain the business is predicated on on them feeding their family and paying their bills and taking care of all those clients. And they're like, oh my gosh. I'm like, yeah, this is why I'm getting gray hair already. Uh, (laughs) You know what I mean? So, um, but no, but it's also one of the most rewarding things ever. Like we all, we all know how it is. Like when clients start seeing results and you're just like, that, that feeling you get, that's like, oh shit. Like, or the the clients like haven't binging in like five months. Like that's a great feeling or the, or the client's like, yo, or like, yo, I don't, I didn't, I, I don't have to take my seatbelt extender on the airplane, like massive moments for these clients. Like, cause I think, yeah, before and afters are cool. 
yeah, like all this stuff is cool, but clients will have this moment, this mini experience mm. of whether it be like I clipped the seatbelt for the first time and not without the extender, or they were like, I actually had sex this, this last night with the lights on because I felt confident enough oh. or this vacation. I played volleyball in my bikini and I didn't worry about it mm. or, Hey, I enjoyed my vacation and actually was present with my kids because I wasn't trying to, because I knew I couldn't fuck up my diet because it's because of what I did leading up to this point. And like, it's these moments for me, but I now have those moments with my staff. Like when my, when my, my first staff member bought a house, I was like, I said, Oh, bro, that's what's up. And he goes, you know, I couldn't have done that without you. Right. I'm like, bro, you're about to get me like emotional right now. Like, or or I had another staff member buy her dream car and I'm like, Holy shit. Um, the other staff member that just, uh, he's my head coach, my director of coaching. Um, dude just bought a business. Like dude just literally bought, um, his dream from a, from a little kid. He wanted to own a gym. He wanted to own a brick and mortar. So, but because now he's been working with, with me and he's my, my, my head, head guy, he just invested and bought a, a local brick and mortar, um, just bought it, bought a gym and now living his dream come full circle. Guess what gym I started in that gym that gym that's so because he lives because he lives like 30 minutes from me so um i started as my personal training business in that gym hired him as an assistant personal trainer in that gym and we've he's still with me to this day and he turned in the the owners ran into the ground and he just turned around and bought that gym and again he we're sitting at like a cigar bar and he's like dude i couldn't have done this without what I've learned from you. And then now get, but guess what? Now he has a business sense also because he's worked with me. So now he's, I'm going to help him in the, in like help him from the big, like the business side of like stuff as well. So like, it's a whole nother level of rewarding. Like I didn't believe it when I heard the story. Um, so there's a couple, like I learned, there's some other bigger business names that I study and follow. And I'm in some like masterminds and stuff, but they interviewed Steve Wozniak from like okay. Apple. Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, was it like, like they said, Hey Steve, what's the greatest like feat you've ever experienced being a founder in Apple? You know, you work, he works side by side with Steve jobs. Right. And yeah. why, and why, and Wozniak, you know, you're expecting some crazy stories. And Wozniak says, when you drive up to the company, when you drive up to HQ, you pass these houses, this housing edition on this Hill. And it's only like multi-million dollar houses. It's only, crazy, crazy successful people live there. And it's almost all Apple employees. And that was his crazy. And that, that was his answer. He's like, that's the dopest thing ever. Every day I drive to work and I see where all my employees live. That's and so all cool. in this. Right. Exactly. So for me, that's been the biggest surprise being the mentor to my coaches is when like that kind of stuff, you know, like the, the, the stay at home mom has like a steady income for her kids. So she's not stressed about work as much or, or money as much, or people are buying their houses, buying their dream cars. Um, you know, are able to focus on their like other passions because they're making money over here in coaching while they're taking care of the clients, obviously. So that's been like one of the most surprisingly rewarding things. I didn't think that would, like I knew it'd be dope, but I didn't think it would like blindside me the way it has. Um, Because at the end of the day too, it kind of ties into the whole thing. Like when people ask me like, what's my favorite part about coaching is, um, is giving people results no one can take away. Because at the end of the day, for me, coaching isn't just about creating results. It's about creating a matching skill set as well. Right. If you have results and no skill set, the results go away. They're fleeting. I see. Yeah. I see the same thing with my staff when I'm not just telling them how to create results. I'm teaching them how to 
one teach for them like 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 have that skill set for themselves so they can consistently have great clients and great great transformations but then also like i remember years ago in i can't remember what book leadership book it was it was like a good leader leads a great leader leads people on how to lead and mm -hmm. i never thought i would do that but then like when i zoom out that's what i've had to do for my staff is i'm not just leading clients i'm leading my staff on how to be the leader for their clients and communicate and all this um so i would say that's been some of the bigger things for me I love that, man. I love that. It's been, it's been really interesting for me to hear how, you know, the mindsets between you and I have definitely paralleled one another, but also like, you know, just so everyone knows, like business model wise, two totally different businesses and that, you know, I have five coaches that work for me as well, but they all run their independent businesses under our umbrella rather than, you know, this singular service model because our company doesn't have a single avatar mm -hmm. and you know we have a coach who specializes in contest prep we have a coach who specializes in soccer moms we have a coach who specializes in powerlifting and it, again a different business model but i'm always trying to learn on my end how to nurture these coaches to continue to grow themselves as leaders just like you mentioned so that they can continue to expand what they do. Um, maybe a bit of a selfish question on my end. How do your coaches promote both themselves and Hamilton trained at the same time? Or is the promotion of the company just your role? It's just my role. Um, one of the things that I actually don't have my client or my, or my coaches do is like, like promotion, like social stuff, like content. I don't have them um, like if they want to great, but it's not like a requirement by any means. Um, for me, I'm the fa I'm like the main character, if you will. Um, and cause most of my team, they don't want to like, like they're, they're, and it's one of the things that like, I, I, I talk about with clients is like, when I say they have one role, our clients have one, or I'm sorry, our coaches have one role and that's to coach. That is it. Um, not coach and part-time content creator, social media person, all that. Um, they also don't love to do that. Like I have a couple that will post some stuff, but otherwise um, I want their entire role and duty taking care of their people, mm. taking care of our clients and serving at the highest level and not sacrificing that because they haven't posted on Instagram today. You know what I mean? Um, I would, so that's why I love the social media stuff and no one can we'll say sell my message like I can because it's my message. Um, so that's the way I built it. And then also, and I tell people this in the interview process when working for me, um, this may sound kind of harsh. I don't want to hire entrepreneurs. I think it's a, I, I think it's a, it can be a liability for the business. Whereas if, if I were to hire an entrepreneur, they're going to leave. Like if, if let's say I was tight for money and I like, let's say wanted to go work for someone, I'm I'm a purebred entrepreneur for me. Like I've been an entrepreneur since I was 13 going door to door for 20 bucks, shoveling driveways in the snow, like shit like that. Like I, like I have so many cases like that. If I worked for someone, like I would literally leave within like six or seven months. I, I'm the kind of guy that will go work for someone get their skills I need and leave. But from the business building side, I think that's dangerous. Um, I want people who are going to be here for years and years and years and years and years. Of course, I can't guarantee that. Um, but if I had a team full of purebred Jareds, then my churn rate would be really high with my staff and all these things versus, um, I love having a business of entrepreneurs where they have entrepreneurial tendencies. They work hard, like crazy. They over deliver. They make our clients shocked by, by the, the results and by their experience. 
but they don't want to run the business. I love running the business. Um, my, I'm actually shocked at my desire went from at some point went from like loving coaching. Literally, I remember on the gym floor saying, I never, I don't want to become a business person. I want to just coach. But now like I'm being brought in for speaking engagements for teaching how to scale businesses like or, 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 or that kind of stuff. So that changed where I love the business side now more because it just grows the impact of helping more people. But, um, but otherwise that's kind of like my rationale with it from the business perspective. I don't want a business full of entrepreneurs. I will literally tell someone that in their interview. I'm gonna go, cool. Do you want to own your own business? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. This isn't your, this isn't where this isn't for you. And I will literally tell them on the interview that. I'm really glad that you said that. And I think it's important for people to hear and different people are wired different ways. And that's something that I've, mm -hmm. I've very much learned. Like there are some people that just want to coach their clients and be left alone. They want to earn, yeah. they want to earn a great living, coach their clients and that's it. Yeah. There are some people that continuously want to grow, 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 grow. And that's fucking great. And I will hundred percent help any and all of those people. Mm -hmm. But if you're wanting to work for a company that doesn't want their coaches to do that, or doesn't necessarily need their coaches to do that, you need to know what you're getting into. Mm -hmm. And I mean, the last thing I, Perhaps I'm a bit naive, but knowing who I am, I would never go work for somebody else. It just wouldn't even cross my mind. Mm -mm. So if ever I have someone approach me about a job, I wouldn't clue in that that's what they were trying to do. Like come in, steal what I have and then leave. But to be fair, they could just pay me for mentorship and not have to go through all the problems. So I was about to say the same thing. We're, we're if so, like, I've had people like people who want to be a coach for me. They're like, no, I just want to come in and learn under you. Cause you're so good with this stuff. Um, and I just want to help you build your, help you with your business, fulfill the clients and then learn. And then I can take that for my business, bro. I respect the fuck out of that. I think that's the, a great model to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm not going to let you do that though. You know what I mean? Nothing is like, I put everything out on. So like, I'm not hiding anything, but for the stability of my business, I mean, imagine if I gave you a roster of 40 people, 50 people, then all of a sudden you're gone. Now I got to offload all 40, 50 people to someone else. And that, that's not fair to the client. That's not fair to the other coach. It just got 40 bombs dropped in their lap. Yeah. So, um, and like you said, like, I don't like publicly talk about it, but I, I, I do like very few, but like business consulting where I have some people who will hit me up. They're like, I love the way you build your thing. Can I pay you? And we'll have a call and just talk about like, and I go, yeah, sure. And we'll, and I'll do that. I'm not, but I don't talk about it because guess what? It, it fucks with my messaging. Yep. I'm scaling my, my baby is my, I don't need to do business coaching to make money. Um, if anything, it steals my time from scaling my business, but I have a very small handful of people who want to do that. I go, sure. And we'll like, I'll literally have a call once a month, something like that. But, um, but I don't talk about it. It's the people who go, I like what you're doing. I I'd like to, but that's really what I do with my first mentor. My first mentor, he built exactly what I wanted to build. And I'm like, we set up a call once a month and I worked with him for four years, you know, and it's, it's that same, same, um, uh, kind of thing. So, um, but that's kind of like my, my thoughts on it. So. Oh, and you, you and I have the same thoughts. Like the thing, the, the difference is I really, really enjoy the business coaching that hence why I've made it a part of my business, but I'll always yeah. coach people. Like yeah. I, I love coaching people and I don't think I'll ever be one of the like super high ticket coaches because the people that I want to coach aren't going to pay that much money. And I'm totally okay with that. Um, you know, powerlifters don't want to pay a thousand bucks a month for, month for coaching. Mm -mm. They just don't. 
Right. And that's totally okay with me. Um, but if you're wanting to build your business to make you six figures, you'll pay over a thousand dollars a month mm-hmm. because the return on investment is massive. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I do want to be sensitive to your time and I have a couple mm-hmm. quick hit questions for you. The first one being, do you crack your egg on a flat surface or on the side of a pan? I do both. If we're being honest, like literally I, I normally, I normally would ever since I saw a TikTok of like, it like fires a shell back into the egg. I go, okay, flat surface. But at the same time, sometimes it's just, I don't give a fuck and I'll just do it. Or, or if I'm feeling spicy, I will crack it on the curve of the pan. Oh, so you, and, you take advantage of both. Yeah. So it's like, you know, it's like that contour to the egg. So go pow. And then, you know, whatever. You're playing 3D chess over there. You like that? <laughs> <laughs> what is uh, what is one album you could listen to with no skips? So this is why I'm the, where I'm a disappointment to society. I, I'm the worst music person ever. Um, and I don't like I, I like leave my Spotify like on shuffle and like that's it. So I don't even know like full albums and I'm the worst with artists and song names. I am feeling though a lot of uh, I'm a big Russ fan. So I could put um but like even though with Russ, I don't like even his I don't very rarely do I like someone's whole album. I'm like I like that one song, those two songs, that one song. Um so I don't think I know of any album that I'm like I could play over and over again because I'm like it's okay. It's not, it's you okay. know, all but, these questions say a lot about your personality, so it's okay. Yeah. No. A question. I'm curious. Do you have like anyone that you could listen to their entire album and enjoy it? Like, yeah. like an album they drop? Really interesting. Yeah. Like Nas's album Illmatic. Oh, could totally okay. nonstop. Um, five dinner guests, dead or alive. Who are you having dinner with? MLK. Okay. Jesus. Hitler. Um, yeah, that one's a curveball. I would love to talk to Hitler. Um, mm, Tony Robbins and Ed Milet. Jesus is very popular in that question. A lot of people yeah. want to talk to Jesus. So actually, okay. Can I actually, there's, there's one others that it's actually, uh, I want to make an amendment to that. I don't yeah. know who I would replace, but if I could sit down with my 80 year old self right now, I would do that above anybody else. You want to talk about some weird inner game shit? Like it's it's along these lines. Um, I would love to sit down with my 80-year-old self. You're the first person to think future. In yeah. So well, when people say dead or alive, most people think like past. Yeah. Um, but but like so if I had to say like my top three, it would be MLK, uh, my 80-year-old self. Um the third one's kind of a toss-up. Like the the reason for Hitler is like yeah, he did some fucked up shit. Like I'm not uh, like saying any of that was good, but there is a leadership and communication thing that happened that no one can argue with when you can control that massive populace. And I would love to pick his brain around that. Not th- again, all things come with good and evil powers, but even though, yes, he is a fucking degenerate who should be slowly punished. Yeah. Um, but you can't decide, but no one can argue. He wasn't a fantastic leader. He just used his leadership with bad things. So I think I'm, I'd be curious to speak to anyone who was either able to communicate a message to that many people and get the right. outcome he was after good or bad. Right. But I also love people who have like 
kind of out to left field thought processes for their time. And I'm not saying Hitler was one of those people. I think people like, like Socrates. Mm. It's like, no one was thinking what he was thinking at the time. Yeah. Aristotle. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, How did that come about? Like, did you do a lot of mushrooms? Like what was going on? (laughs) Marcus Aurelius will be on that list too. Yeah. Uh, There you go. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the old stoic guys. So. So the last question is, who would you like to see on this podcast with the caveat being that you have to help me and get them on? So the people that I, you think I could get on? Yeah. Or or like if I had to say, like case in point, I have no access to Tony Robbins. But if I'm like, I'd love to see interview Tony Robbins, but I don't know how I'd help you. Like, no, no, you have to help that. me. You have to you have to help me get them on. Like I'm going to I'm going to message you in a couple of days and be like, oh, yeah. is this? Oh, is this how I came here from Aram? Yes. Got it. Okay. Um, You're doing my job for me right now. I think this is brilliant, to be honest with you. I'm probably going to steal this whole concept. Um, I stole it. So, Yeah. Who'd you steal it from? Uh, There's a podcast called Up in Smoke with Mm -hmm. um, Matt Barnes. And it's it's a basketball podcast. Gotcha. Who would be who would do good on this? Um, I think if you like this kind of stuff, I think Cody McBroom would be a great one on here. If you know Cody, I don't. Cody owns uh the um oh what's his company name Taylor uh, the uh, tailored coaching method. Oh, and, I've heard of that. Yeah, um, crushes business crushes his. We we have he's been on my show I think twice. Um, lots of great conversation. Whether you want to go the mental route with this kind of stuff or mm. life ownership um, or he is a brilliant motherfucker with like fitnessy stuff and strength training and like yeah so cody yeah. cody would crush so dude jerry and, and has does has a ton of ton of coaches so you could talk business as well he's really successful in that that space too dude thank you so much for joining me it's been an absolute pleasure um i'll make sure that if anyone wants to find you your links will be available in the show notes but i do want to thank you one final time for for joining me and you know i'm excited i feel like i made a new kin- kindred spirit of a friend here and uh, excited to see what what you continue to do i appreciate it man thanks for having me on my pleasure guys thank you so much for joining please make sure to like share subscribe and ring the bell for notifications and we'll catch you on the next one